Welcome back everyone to Unlocking Business Potential, your business advisory podcast brought to you by Badio Tadanaki. Now today you've just got me, Melissa's not here today, but instead we've got someone very, very exciting to introduce to the podcast. So we've got Penny Clark-Hall. Now Penny is an expert on all things social license and I think probably the best person to introduce herself and give us a little idea of what she's doing. Before we get stuck in, I just wanted to throw in our usual disclaimer that the information in this podcast is general in nature and no substitute for tailored advice specific to your particular circumstances. If you do need advice, make sure to touch base with your advisor. Welcome to the podcast, Penny. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So as I said, so you've, you've, you've kind of termed this idea of a social license and I guess some people wouldn't be quite sure what that actually is. So how would you describe it? Oh. Um, yeah, no, I definitely can't claim credit for um, creating the term, but um, I am an advocate for helping businesses improve their social license and understand the implications on their business if um, it's something that they're not aware of or don't invest time and energy into. Um, so social license is all basically um, based on the level of trust that your stakeholders have in your business uh, or industry. And um, that is built from value alignment um, and connection with your stakeholders. And it's basically a whole bunch of humanist- humanistic traits that you can um, put into your business operation. You know, So it's about authenticity, um, accountability, respect, um, and empathy, and just treating those around you that you impact with um, a level of respect and understanding that your operation is part of a social and environmental and economic ecosystem, and you can't operate in a silo um, without respecting the um, the ecosystems that you operate in. Yeah, that sounds right, and I think even more and more nowadays people are looking to do business with those that do have that value alignment I Mm. think I don't know it definitely feels like a bit of a generational thing I think the younger generations are tending to want to be in full alignment with who they're operating with and they don't care if it costs more yeah it is it's it's so much about um trusting the operation or the business that you you work with because I mean, that's um, the old saying, you know, trust is incredibly hard to earn, but so easy to lose. So it's a resource that in the past has been overlooked as, um, you know, the financial and the economic value of a business has been championed. But now as we're seeing the social and environmental impacts of businesses not respecting those other two pillars of sustainability, the environment and social, um these these values, these human humanistic um, traits of businesses are becoming more and more important and trust um, is is huge now. You know, it's the power of um, being a strong financial business is no longer champion. My theory is with my consulting business is that all three pillars of sustainability need to be treated with equal respect if you're going to be a resilient business um, that's going to be around for the long term probably quite key when you think of like the COVID dynamics as well is that things are going to change and you need to be more resilient. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, the, the social capital um, in terms of the trust that you build with the communities and the stakeholders that you operate amongst can carry you through, um, you know, many storms that the finance side of things can't. Um, so, I mean, they're all equally as important, but um, I'm just pushing the economic and, I mean, the environmental and the social pillars because we really honed in and we understand the economic pillar very well. <laughs> it's just tough to build up the other two. <laughs> it's quite easy to measure the, the economic pillar and sometimes measuring those other pillars can be a bit trickier, can't they? Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, you can. It is a lot harder. Um, the tangibility is not as obvious. But, um, I mean, you look at uh, – I mean, my background's from the primary sector – if you look at um, the food scare crises we've had with China, that um, that social capital, that trust um, bank or resource that we had was what we drew on during those times of crisis. So because we'd spent an, a significant amount of time and energy, because it was a requirement of the Chinese, um, building up that trust before business could begin, if we didn't have that there you know, we would have been out and someone else would have come in, but there was a relationship there to weather the storm. Um, so, I mean, it is it is valuable and that, that has a dollar value that you can attribute that to. For sure. I know. So you kind of talked about trust and like how it's easy to lose trust, but it's really hard to build it. So like, Lots of the people listening to this podcast are quite new in business or small businesses. So how do you kind of think that they could be looking to build trust or trying their best not to lose it? Yeah. Well, the good thing is when you're when you're starting out in a business, which, I mean, I have been for the past few years with mine, is that you're starting small. So it's not, it's not overwhelming. So each individual client um, that you have – has um has your undivided attention it's about when you start to scale and grow um about keeping that consistency um and level of care that you want your business to have so most um most businesses i think they trip up when they they grow either they start accelerating their growth is that they don't keep up the standard of their values and um, how they want to be seen and how they want to behave as a business because they um, are so excited about the growth aspect that they forget the the authenticity and the um, and the consistency piece. Uh, so I think at the start, it's yeah, it's relatively easy. It's pretty straightforward following your gut instincts about how to be a good human, you know, listen, respect, you know, attention, et cetera, but um, being ready and resourced to be able to accommodate that as you grow. That totally makes sense. I can think of like chain stores or chain even like food businesses where you go in and you get a different experience in different places. And that the concept is to have that your values are aligned so that a customer would have the same experience regardless of where they go, isn't it? Yeah, so your brand persona it's about communicating that beyond yourself, you know, the initial startup person and bringing people, onboarding your staff and, um, you know, the face of your brand through your website, how you communicate through different channels. It all has to be really consistent and authentic. 
And I know you said that you're, you've been involved with the primary sector industry, and that's definitely one that's had a lot of barriers and regulations, but we're especially finding more construction-based sector where we're having lots of regulations in regards to like health and safety. So how are we meant to balance our normal day-to-day -day with meeting all of these extra regulations and how that kind of plays into what you're doing? Yeah, so um, yeah, the primary sector is definitely familiar with that one. <laughs> and um, you know that if you're getting, you know, regulated that your your social licence is not at its strongest. Um, and the only way that I believe that you can really get ahead of that stuff is by being extremely proactive. Um, one as an individual, but also as an industry as a whole. So setting your own standard of exemplary, um, you know, health and safety measures, et cetera, that goes a step beyond what government is requiring because as soon as people can see that you're taking it seriously and that they can trust you to do better than the bare minimum, um, they will start to give you some room to breathe. But um, if you're taken there or dragged there kicking and screaming and um, going, you know, this is not how we used to do it, you know, this is costing us money, et cetera, um, no one's going to believe that you take it seriously and you're going to be under the watchful eye of um, all the interested parties and, you know, people that don't trust you, they're not going to stop watching. So um, it's about role modelling and um taking control of the narrative and being responsible and all those good things. And so in that aspect, it's not just the customer who's buying your product or buying your service, it's everyone else that feels affected by what you're doing as well, isn't it? Yeah. So a big part of um, understanding your social licence is understanding who your stakeholders are. And so that stakeholder mapping and engagement piece is really, really important. Um, you know, and it's anybody that's impacted by or, or who can impact your business with varying different levels of impact and importance to your operation. But you can't understand that until you sit down and you, and you map it. Mm, I think quite often people just think of who's buying my product, who's buying my service, and that's who I need to impress. But forgetting that there is a whole range of people out there that they, people talk and that's probably going to be not a good thing for your business if they're talking negatively about what you're doing. Yeah, that whole um, barbecue um, analogy of, you know, your, um, I like your brand ambassadors, I guess, but um, the domino effect of um, having positive conversations around a barbecue about your business rather than a negative one, and that can happen from many different walks or um, stakeholder groups. Um, so, you, you, you know, you've got a, every opportunity is an opportunity to boost the barbecue chat in a good way. <laughs> for sure, no, for sure. No, that's really important. So we kind of talked about with like the social license about values and like aligning your values to stakeholders. So I think some people are very good at just doing what they think people want and not mm -hmm. actually creating a value base for themselves. So how do you kind of juggle that between aligning to what they want but actually having a strong foundation? Yeah. So um, that's that. There's very a very good question because a lot of people. I'm like, well, what's the point in being 
in operation if I'm not delivering what the customer wants. But then it's like, well, you're not going to be around long if you're flip-flopping on who you are based mm. on your clientele. So there's a little bit of chicken um, before the egg mm. thing, there, depending on which way you view it. But my view is that it's, um, and I think most people will be familiar with Simon Sinek, is, you know, is starting with you. And he talks about starting with your why. But if you want to be enduring, um, resilient and consistent, you need to start with you first. So why do you exist? Who are you? Um, et cetera. And defining that before you start to go out and very quickly connect with your stakeholders and find out who they are and what they value and, and why. And, you know, um, you'll find your natural clientele if once you're really clear and it's easy to understand who you are. Yeah, so we kind of like starting with why that is a key word. I think we must have done. We tend to do at the end of each of these episodes a bit of a mindfulness and like trying to change your mindset. And we did talk about that and that you can't sell what you're selling until you know why you're doing it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's that clarity that helps you be authentic out in the market as well. Mm. Yeah, and and differentiate yourself too so um you know businesses that are trying to be everything to everyone they dilute their message Mm -hmm. whereas if you're very clear on you know who you are and why you exist it's very easy to get your message out there to the people that it's going to be relevant to and it helps with all your decision making as well who you employ and what marketing strategies everything it's like the soul of your organization if you think of it like I always I'm the um I just keep going back to that humanization of a business or industry so humanizing who you are is really um you know creating an identity that makes it easy to you know bring staff on board um you know bring people into an organization that has a soul that you know people can connect with and perform you know, because they get it and they can buy into it. That's been really, really, really cool to hear. Like just working out like what a social license is because I think most people don't don't realise. And if you don't know that, you don't know who your stakeholders are, you don't know how you're impacting them. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's a huge component of it is having empathy and maturity as a business that you're not just there... To make money fast at the consequence or, you know, cost of um, other people or the environment. So, um, you know, if, you, if you're wanting to be around for a long time and, and have a positive impact, um, not just for yourself, but for the clientele and, you know, the um, community and the environment that you operate in, then, then you've got that right mindset, I guess, to be a substantial business that's going to be around for a long time. And that's the key thing. That's what everyone's looking for. They don't just want to be here for a year or two, do they? Yeah, yeah. And also remembering, you know, like be um, prepared to grow if um, what you've got um, strikes a chord with um, your stakeholders and your and your customers, that you're going to have to be prepared to be able to take that authenticness bigger. <laughs> For sure, and how you're going to structure it so that it's not happening before you're ready. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much for spending some time today and coming to chat to me about this. I think people are going to find this super valuable. Now, Thanks. if 
anyone wants to get in contact with you, what's the best way? Um, they can go to my website or contact me at penny at sociallicense.co.nz. It's my email. But website's www.sociallicense.co.nz. Awesome. And we'll just put that in the notes if anyone wants to go and head straight to that, they can. Thanks cool. so much again for your time. Great. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for listening to our episode. If you enjoyed today's podcast, jump along to your favorite podcast app and like, rate and subscribe the episode so that others can find the podcast as well. And if you need to get in contact with us for direct tailored advice, please do not hesitate to phone our office or flick us an email, malincal at bdo.co.nz. And we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Unlocking Business Potential, backed by BDO Taranaki.